Welcome to Millennium Live. My name is Katie Perry, and today I have a very special guest, one I am very excited to welcome back, Ben Beetle Ribby, who is the co-founder at Acasa. He has joined us numerous times, and I am so happy he is back for the brand new episode for 2022. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Katie, thanks so much. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, happy New Year to you and yours. Uh, we are really excited for what 2022 holds for everyone. As are we. So I want to jump in. I know you have been here a couple times before, but for anyone who is joining us for the first time in 2022, can you just give us an overview of ACASA and what your role is there? Sure. Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, ACASA is a healthcare automation company that's based out of Silicon Valley. And what we do is we combine modern machine learning with expert human healthcare judgment to automate complex manual processes uh, for hospitals and health systems, and ultimately eliminate administrative waste in healthcare. Uh, you know, at, at an overarching lever, level, we feel like this helps to solve some of the financial complexities that are crippling hospitals, health systems, and patients today. Uh, so for, for me specifically, I have the privilege of overseeing all the work that we do with our health system customers and our healthcare partners. Um, we work incredibly closely with hospitals and health systems to help them identify what are the areas of, of greatest impact uh, for automation. And then we ensure that our machine learning uh, performs those activities exactly as they need based on their systems, their payers, their patient populations. So um, for me, I have the very rewarding job of supporting these organizations better meet their own mission um, and realize the impact of, of unified automation with ACASA. So I'm curious what challenges you at ACASA are really trying to solve within the healthcare revenue cycle. And I want to jump right into that. Yeah, yeah, it, happy to. Um, we are really fortunate to be uh, solving problems through automation across the entire revenue cycle. And, and I'll actually give a little preview of what we're doing beyond that. But I, I think um, pulling up, ACASA is dedicated to, to streamlining healthcare costs and ensuring that a greater portion of every dollar spent on healthcare is devoted to patient care as opposed to administrative waste. It's interesting, if we go back to 2020, each year healthcare payers and providers in the U.S., spent about $496 billion on billing and insurance related costs. Um, and, and we found that that is just unacceptable. So what, what we do is we work directly with healthcare providers. So hospitals, health systems, medical groups uh, to identify areas of opportunity and apply comprehensive automation in the revenue cycle. So we are working in uh, the front end of the revenue cycle, patient access and financial clearance, how do organizations um, streamline their eligibility efforts. Uh, how do we perform automation or prior authorization with automation? And then floating through the mid-cycle when it comes to coding, to case management, to charges, some of those areas. And then lastly, out of the business office, everything that spans uh, revolves around claim generation, right? So claims edits, the status of claims, denials, follow-up, appeals, and rebills. Um, Ultimately, we feel like we have the ability to help health systems plug in this very important piece of the equation and, and deliver high quality patient care with automation. 
you know, you talked about the revenue cycle and it seems that there are so many opportunities in healthcare to improve efficiency. So I'm curious why the revenue cycle is what you're focusing on. So Katie, I, I think that we started with the revenue cycle for two main reasons. Number one goes back to what I just shared, where there's $500 billion of, of spend there every year across the country. So there is a ton of opportunity to improve that and drive efficiencies and lower the overall cost that we face in the industry. But we also uh, took a deep look at each and every operational area within the health system. And we found that the revenue cycle was one of the most complex areas out there because it deals with different parties and a very dynamic set of information that is ever changing. So we actually felt like this was incredibly well suited for a sophisticated software and technology solution like advanced machine learning to tackle. And given the results that we've had in this area, given the impact that we're driving for our, our customers, we've actually been asked by them to start looking at areas outside of the revenue Cycle. So we really saw that as a jumping off point, and we're, we're incredibly excited to be pursuing other areas um, of value that we can deliver to health systems today. That includes areas like supply chain, like finance operations. Um, as we dive into very data-driven clinical areas like coding or clinical abstraction, those are the areas that we're going to be continuing to explore and deliver against in 2022. So I, I really know that Acasa does approach automation a bit differently than other automation providers. Uh, we've talked about that a couple of times before, but for anyone who is listening in, can you just explain what unified automation is and how you go about it? Yeah. Well, one of the greatest challenges that any organization or any company faces when it comes to automating healthcare is just how incredibly complex and dynamic it is. And unfortunately, a lot of the legacy automation solutions, and I think we could even say automation in quote solutions, they prove to be incredibly brittle. A lot of those follow basic if then or other statements. They work within um, very basic environments and they are built to follow an exact path each and every time to perform a rote routine uh, operation. Unfortunately, that's not how healthcare works. Healthcare is filled with edge cases and outliers, and it's constantly changing. We're taking in new information based on the patient need, based on what the physician determines is necessary from a care standpoint. And as a result, some of those legacy automation solutions, we find to be incredibly brittle. They, they don't work in this complex environment. So what we did is we, we took a very different look at this and we applied two key different uh, approaches. Number one is having a more advanced uh, technology solution address the problem. So we are very fortunate to have AI and machine learning PhDs from Silicon Valley that are tackling this problem. And machine learning is set up to take ongoing information and continuously update and learn so that it's able to perform consecutively. This is the same type of technology that is used for building self-driving cars, which as we, we know is an incredibly dynamic environment to account for all of the different variables that are out there. We use that same technology, but we've also built an expert in the loop. So we have humans on our side that are steeped in healthcare experience and knowledge and they are there to provide ongoing quality control from the machine 
and also to step in in instances where the machine is encountering something that is a drastic change. Let's say that a payer introduces a new prior authorization requirement that the health system hasn't encountered before, the machine hasn't encountered before. We have humans in the loop that are experts in this problem. They can step in, perform a given task, and by doing so, they actually teach our machine learning algorithm how to perform that same task moving forward. So um, it, it really creates this virtuous cycle that enables us to deliver consistent, reliable automation for organizations, even in these very complex areas like the revenue cycle. So if there are healthcare providers that are looking to really evaluate their AI or their ML automation within their revenue cycle, do you have any advice or tips you could give them? Yeah, Katie, first things first, I would say that every healthcare provider is going to be exploring and examining automation as a solution that they turn to in the next couple of years. ACASA recently did a study where we took the um, input from over 300 hospital and health system CEOs, CEOs. FOs and VPs of revenue cycle, and over 70% of those indicated that they were either actively evaluating or going to be evaluating in the next year. We believe that 18 to 24 months from now, every single organization will be deploying automation. So with that in mind, it is really important that organizations are taking a very close look at what the different vendor solutions look like and the outcomes. Here are a few key pieces of advice that we would give. Number one, make sure that you are understanding the underlying technology that is out there. This is a space that is littered with buzzwords. Uh, we talk about automation, AI, robotic process automation, and truly understanding what each and every one of those elements does and how it is able to adapt to an ever-changing environment like the revenue cycle is critical. What we have found is that um, relatively old legacy technologies like robotic process automation, RPA, are, um, are not well suited to challenge, the, to, to handle the complexities that exist here. And so they should dive into what is machine learning able to do with this and be asking each and every group that they speak with, how do those organizations accommodate the changes? What happens when automation is thrown a loop it, are, are those bots that are built, are they down for four to six weeks or are they able to respond rapidly and get back up and running? Ultimately, every single organization wants a couple of things. Number one, they want to achieve efficiency. Number two, they want to improve the accuracy of what they're doing. And number three, they want peace of mind. They want to know that the organization they work with, the vendor they work with can perform this work consistently and reliably. So I want to just switch topics just quickly. You know, it is now 2022 and the pandemic has been going on for two years nearly. And I know that it really accelerated staffing shortages that we're building in healthcare for years. But how can automation and specifically unified automation really help with this moving forward in 2022? Katie, I think it's a, a perfect time to first start and acknowledge just the importance of the work that our customers, hospitals and health systems are doing for everyone around the country. We are, you know, owe a big debt of gratitude to frontline workers that are there supporting us as the pandemic continues to surge on as we experience different variants. Um, it has been exhausting for everyone. It's been challenging. And these organizations continue to step up for us. 
what we've seen is that the last 18 to 24 months have had almost everyone in, in crisis mode. And crisis mode necessarily creates a focus on the near term. How do we solve this problem? How do we apply the right resources? How do we get PPE, right? Um, as we turn the corner on COVID, and I, I, I have a lot of optimism, as do a lot of the experts, that 2022 will allow us to turn the corner on COVID. It's going to be really important for us to shift from near-term crisis management mode to long-term investment in planning mode especially where COVID has acted as an accelerant for changes that will likely be with us for the foreseeable future. So for instance, uh, workforce shortages, workforce challenges in terms of people working from home versus being in person. And every organization that we've spoken with has seen that automation is no longer a nice to have concept. It is a necessary concept for organizations to be able to perform the work that they need to do day in, day out. Um, and it actually enables organizations to say, hey, we don't need to use as many resources for these administrative tasks that are happening across um, the revenue cycle and other areas of healthcare. And instead, we can deploy our workforce and upskill our workforce to focus on the patient care and high quality care. So that's how we, we see that automation is going to actually support organizations in the wake of the pandemic. So I just have one final question before I let you go. And I do want to thank you again for being here. But I'm curious what you think the future will really look like for healthcare revenue cycle operations. Do you have any insight to what this year and maybe five years from now may hold? Yeah. Um, well, Katie, thank you uh, for, for having me again. It is always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I think first I want to acknowledge that as we think about the, the future of healthcare, it's not just the future of healthcare revenue cycle. It is the future of healthcare operations. And when you have a, a sophisticated modern machine learning plus expert human in the loop system, you are able to tackle a lot of these pieces. And if, if we're, we're saying, hey, look into the crystal ball, give me a look at what it looks like two and a half to five years from now. Healthcare operations is going to be uh, fundamentally different. It is going to be transformed in that we will not uh, be necessarily relying on um, people to do a lot of these routine administrative tasks to ensure that everything in the background is smooth. We're going to be uh, actually elevating our people so that they are on the front lines of healthcare and helping each and every patient and family. While unified automation and machine learning is working in the background and ensuring that all of the different decisions our caretakers are, are making, all of the different needs that our patients are presenting with are gonna be captured in a way where things like reimbursement are no longer an issue that is causing stress or frustration. It's also gonna lead to a lot more efficiency in healthcare. Ultimately, if, if we can achieve that collectively, then we are making healthcare better for everyone. And, and that is our broader mission and purpose at ACASA is to enable human health. Um, so we're really excited for what the future holds. Well, I'm excited for it too. And I know I've said this a few times, but thank you so much for joining us. This was a pleasure to have you join us, especially for the first episode of 2022. And I hope you'll be back. Katie, thanks so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership.